0: Here's the million dollar question. How do men like us reach our full potential and grow into the men we dream of being while taking care of our responsibilities, working, being good husbands, fathers, and still take care of ourselves? That's the question and this podcast. will help you with those answers. My name is Brent and welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. On today's show, we have special guest Brennan Wall from the Dad the Man Podcast. I said that wrong. From the Dad the Man Podcast. I'm very excited to have a kinder spirit on the show. Brendan is trying to inspire men to be the best version of themselves so that we can show up as the best men, husbands, and fathers for ourselves and for our families and provide the resources to do. Brendan, welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm super honored and pumped to be here.
0: I I have to say straight away, I, I love the idea for your show. I just, yeah, I read it and went, that guy's thinking right there.
1: Yeah, I think we're, I think we're fighting similar fights here. Like you said, it's nice to connect with somebody who's moving in the right, the same direction as, as, uh, as me. And like I said, fighting the same fight. So yeah, thank you for doing what you're doing. I'm like I said, super pumped to be here. It's
0: always, it's fun to connect. We, one of the great glorious things you're finding out as a podcaster yourself is you get to meet some really incredible people along the way that you probably wouldn't have gotten to meet otherwise. Uh, mm-hmm. your podcast is doing great. You've had some incredible guests on congratulations on that. I was listening to, uh, the podcast you released this week and I got to admit, I'm super jealous. You got an incredible guest.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for, uh, for mentioning that. Yeah. Had the had the pleasure to bring on John Eldridge on the show. And if you've listened to or know anything about me, I guess, and my story. I unpack what led me to starting our podcast, and I think that's my episode 10. But it mixed up in all of that is is me finding the book Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. And I'll never forget listening to that on audiobook, walking around in my yard doing some yard work. And it was just like the light bulbs are going off. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, God put this right in my hands at the right time. So it's funny that year and a half, two years later, full circle – I ended up starting the podcast because of that and then had the opportunity to bring him on. So that was like dream come true and definitely the most starstruck that I've been doing the podcast so far. Admittedly, a little embarrassing to admit it, but can't lie about it.
0: I can't fault you on that, man. I was listening to it earlier today and I was thinking John Eldridge, man, I'd be, I've gotten to meet some really cool people. But I, I got to admit, I always struggle with a little starstruck myself by John Elder John. So <laughs> that, that's totally understandable. And for all of you who don't know who John Eldritch is or have never read the book Wild at Heart, I read it years ago. Uh, I think I actually have the audiobook as well. It's an amazing read, and you should totally get that. I'll try and remember to put a link for it in the podcast as well. But, Brennan, I don't do big introductions. I don't. I get to research all my guests before the show. and. Mm-hmm accolades don't mean crap to anybody so tell us who is brennan wall
1: that's a that's a good question so i am the normal guy i'm like i consider myself to be the most average everyday guy i'm married i've been married for six years have two kids two little boys they're five and three i work a full time job i got a mortgage my job is nine to five i'm an accountant like the most stereotypical not exciting thing ever but you know what I, when, I, when you ask me who I am, the first thing that I say is I try to be a man of faith every day. I, I try to be the best husband I can be every day. I try to be the best father that I could be every day. And then in trying to do those things, I try to be the best version of myself so that I can show up in those avenues the best way that I can. But like I said, um, I'm your normal, average, everyday guy. I was Born in New York, but grew up down in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, I went to school at Auburn, to War Eagle. I don't know if we have any Auburn fans listening, but a huge Auburn sports fan. I met my wife in school, and then we got got married right after school. We moved up to Nashville, Tennessee, where I started my accounting career. and uh, We were there for just a couple of months. It did not take long. We found out we were going to be having our first son. I think that was... Five months into living in the big city up in Nashville, and um, at the end of that first year there, my work transferred me back down to Birmingham where I was from, got to be close to family to bring our first son into the world. Spent a couple years there and brought our second child into the world, baby boy number two, and um, about two years ago now, my wife and I have moved up here to Chattanooga, Tennessee, where I think we're settled down here for the long run. My wife is from here, so we're close to her family now, which is really cool. I got to spend time close to my family, close to her family. Huge blessing to have had family close by on both sides through this whole crazy journey that is being a dad. So at this point, <clears throat> just continuing, to, just doing all the things that I just was just explaining, and um, I started this podcast, Dad the Man, this past fall. Just came out of, just came to a head when. Coming out of COVID, long story short, as I felt like God just pinned me down in that time, and I could no longer use work as an outlet for stress or anything like that, and I just had to sit there, and I had to sit really still, and I had to see the life that I was missing a little bit, not intentionally, but just being distracted with work, distracted with other things, looking for validation in all the wrong places, dealing with all that stuff that I think we as men very often do deal with, so I was 100% that guy. I'm still that guy. I'm still working on it, but... I had this epiphany and I really felt like God put this, um, this idea in my heart to to start the podcast. And really what I'm trying to do there is just highlight, man, that we're like, we're just all in this together. So we bring on these guys that we try to bring on guys that people know and love. That you, maybe we look up to them on social media and for what they do or the influence they've had or what they've accomplished or how much, whatever it is, people that we know, but then take a peek behind the curtain and show that like behind the scenes, they're still dealing with toddlers that are running around peeing on the floor tornado in the house, they're doing all the same stuff we are. So just trying to highlight that fact that we're all in this together. That's something that's been brought to to mind for me. So that's me kind of long story, not very short, long story long, but that's a little bit about me my background and how we've gotten to where we are today.
0: Can I offer a piece of advice from someone who's uh, moved around? Most of us don't ever say out loud, we're settled here, (laughs) it's a dangerous statement.
1: I should know
0: about it. I'm not uh, superstitious, but I have found out that every time I think I'm settled in a place or that this is semi-permanent, my life, God, however you want to say it, has a different Mm -hmm. plan. And I've been in this town for now almost 15 years. When I moved here, I never had any intention to be here more than two or three. If you had told me this is where I'm going to settle, I've been like, (laughs) what are you on? Yeah, Um, I've never lived anywhere longer than three years until I moved here. Wow. And so like my wife and I had no intention of staying here. We kept going. it was like, the area is not bad. If the work we'll move to the next town over, that's a little bigger. Or this other direction is a little bigger. It's got a little more offering Then it was Mm. after our daughter was born. Certainly first it was before the kids were born. Then it was certainly before they start school. My daughter's a fourth grader now. So it's, uh, my oldest is, yeah, it's just, we kept going, oh, we're going to move, we're going to move. And there kept being work and. I'm like you. I have a full-time job as well. And so so the work stayed. So I stayed, but every time I think I'm settled somewhere, (laughs) I start to be like, Oh, I'm here. Mm -mm."
1: (laughs) So you just can't say it out loud or you'll have to move again.
0: I'm a preacher's kid. My dad was a minister for 47 years and he was a domestic missionary. So we moved from little place to the little place, uh, as domestic missionaries, which meant we worked in tiny little towns all over the country. Mm-hmm. So it, we learned to move a lot and not get attached to a particular place. Now you already answered yeah. my next question for you, cause I was going to ask you about your podcast and what you got going on there, but the all important question on my show, this is the most important thing I'll ask you the whole time. I promise. What is your favorite kind of ice cream?
1: Oh, another good question. Another heater. I'm going to give you the most stereotypical answer that an accountant could give you. I'm a huge fan of plain vanilla, and don't laugh at me for this. You put some sprinkles on there, big fan of the rainbow sprinkles, so I'll mix it up with that. I'm going to get a little crazy, and uh, maybe a little chocolate syrup, depending if we've got it in the fridge. But, man, vanilla, tried and true, can't beat it to me.
0: Now, are we talking... Generic vanilla are you like special, are you like French vanilla or natural vanilla what you think? Uh,
1: I'm not too bougie I'm not too picky with it If it's in the freezer and it's good it's vanilla let's roll
0: I ask all my guests that and it's amazing I've never interviewed somebody who didn't have an answer to that question <laughs> One of the things you said in your podcast the all other day question Well one of the things you say in the description of your podcast is we all have more in common than we don't And I think to me, I I keep asking that question because it's just proof right there. We may Mm -hmm. not agree on ice cream, but we all like ice cream. I know lactose intolerant people who don't, who love ice cream. It doesn't (laughs) love them back, but they love ice cream.
1: Right. Yeah. That's a really good illustration of that point. And it's so true. It's one of those things, man. I kind of got suckered into... And, and, and I still even like being very aware of it and like knowing what's happening, you still just get suckered into that to that game on whether it's on social media. That's like the easy example, just like the comparison game of, oh, that guy's killing it. That, that guy doesn't have to deal with what I'm dealing with. They're like, and then you, you know, it's just you end up going round and round. But then it's the second you get a chance to sit down with somebody like that, like you, you hear them start talking about things. And you're like, oh, we're really going through very similar things. And that makes sense. As husbands and fathers, at least, like at least macro, like big picture, a lot of us are going through very similar things. It's not crazy to me to think that we'd be dealing with a lot of the same things too.
0: I I had the fortune of having a guy um, one time named Aaron Young. And his story, his story sounds like a movie. Dude, it's crazy. Assaulted and left your dead by his mom, drug off into the Australian bush by... A sex predator and left for dead. He ended wow. up in South Africa and became a game warden. Then he became uh, or not a game warden, game tracker in the hunting camps in Africa. Mm-hmm. Ended up helping route the way they move elephant herds now from their ancestral tracks for migration. Mm-hmm. He developed no background in it at all. He's just the one who developed wow. it. And it just like his then he got like thrown out of Africa. It's, it's a crazy story. But He's over in, in Australia. and We're talking, man, we are a world apart. We have totally different life experiences. But we started mm-hmm. talking about our kids, and it's like, ah, oh, yeah, there's the tie that binds right there. Fathers, husbands, yep. men. We're all men. We all put on our pants. We all have maybe a different thing going on in our lives, but we're all a lot more alike. And I love the fact that you're pushing for more of a brotherhood approach with your podcast and yep. addressing those issues
1: yeah 100 it's important right it's just it's one of the things for me the one of the things i one of the reasons why i'm pushing for it like selfishly for me we have so many things going on it's just by the time if you can get from sun up to sundown and take care of all of your business take care of take, taking care of yourself your job your finances your marriage your kids like then you got to eat a little bit and maybe you have time to go to the bathroom i don't know we got a lot going on it's just like if you get to the end of the day that's amazing in itself but where do you work in like having that camaraderie with guys who are doing, sometimes struggling with the same things. So we've got it built in through school. Like I played sports. I have, we had the locker room and I had that camaraderie of playing with your friends and competing and going through things together. And then it's after that, it's, it can just fall apart and completely disappear from our lives if we're not careful with it. So that's something I'm trying to now build back in my own life and try to help some other people do it along the way. At least call out how important I think that really is.
0: Well, Hey, you're taking the first step and doing something, right? Most people I'm never trying. get past the, Hey, this might be a good idea stage. So you're off to the races, man. You're actually doing something about it. Let me ask you. So there are a lot of opinions about what authentic masculinity looks like. And I just had a conversation with a guest just the other day about this. In the age of toxic masculinity culture. What do you think authentic masculinity?
1: That's a great question. That's an important question too. I think like one of the ways I've tried to frame this in my mind, something that comes to mind is just seeking the truth, like really being willing to seek the truth and whatever the truth is, fight for it. And that's I think it's often it's easy to, you know, get caught up in the emotion of things, get caught up in social pressure of things, get caught up in all these different things, man. Emotions in our own head get loud. And sometimes we don't want to admit that. And I I found sometimes it's really challenging to Calm the noise, calm down the pressure, turn all that down, step away from a situation and really say, What's the truth here? What's the right thing to do? It's never the wrong time to do the right thing. It's always the right time to do the right thing. And that's not always easy to do. And I think when you look across, you you just look into society, you look around, and I feel that just, you know, whether this is just for men or this is for people in general, but I think we've lost the art of being able to do that and do that well. And then to be able to speak your mind. But then when someone else disagrees with you, not getting super offended about it, like being able to listen and maybe hear criticism and almost seek out the other point of view to in the effort of really finding peace. And then yeah, I guess more in the line of specifically masculinity, I think just the ability to be just a capable human. Right. Like the ability to pro- like to provide for your family, to protect them, to show up for them. And I don't just mean like financially and I don't just mean with a shotgun on your porch. I also mean spiritually, emotionally, like one of the things that I write down every day, I write my, I try to write my goals down every day. And one of the things that I write down is that I am responsible for the spiritual, mental and physical Health of my family, of both of myself, my wife, and my kids, and I know that it's on me to set the tone for my family to really step up, to be there, to lead by example. As men, I don't think I don't think it's right to sit around and wait for someone else to just kind of step up and show us the way and say, "Oh, I'll go follow that guy." But it's really just being able to say, "I'm going to lead from the front. I'm going to seek the truth. I'm going to do the best job that I can. I'm going to do it humbly. I'm going to do it." like I said, just the best that I can. And that's the long winded answer there and a little bit rambly. But those are a lot of the thoughts that really come to mind. And the things that I'm really trying to work on myself. It's funny, when you start a podcast about men, husbands and fathers, you (laughs) kind of you you really hold your feet to the fire. Like, all right, man, I'm gonna talk about this. I gotta really be about it.
0: If you aren't working on one of of the biggest things I my, my podcast is called the fallible man podcast, because I'm the first person to say, now I I know I don't have it all figured out. I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. I'm far from it because I'm just not that dishonest with myself at this point in my life. (laughs) But yeah, when you start talking to other people about, Hey, you need to continue to grow. You need to lead from the front. You need to work on improving yourself. And because I think all men should try at least at some point in their life to reach their full potential in every aspect Mm -hmm. of their life. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I believe it was Socrates one of those great philosophers who said it's a tragedy, if you don't you know, get to your full physical potential, at least one point in your life. And I yeah. think he was right about that. I think he also missed it. If you don't reach your full potential period, who you can become, that's just, you owe it to yourself. <laughs> we, we won't even get into, you owe it to your family. You owe it to the rest of the world because there's only one you, and I don't believe the whole special snowflake nonsense, but. I do know that everybody is made up of some of their experiences and the way they were raised, who they are and who they choose to be, Mm -hmm. which makes you a really unique combination to affect somebody in your world and the world around you. Yeah.
1: That's a great quote too. And that's a great concept. And I think a lot of times like people today hear that and they get distracted. And I say that because I say people, me, I've gotten distracted (laughs) with, Hey, I'm going to be the best version of myself I'm gonna do all this stuff for my family, but everything I was doing was outside of my family. It was outside of my faith. I was just, I'm gonna go out and do all this stuff. And I got myself into stuck out there, like everything to be a good husband and father. I had to go do all this stuff at work and whatever it was, completely missing the point that I had my priorities upside down. If you'd asked me what were my priorities, we asked me what they are. I'd say, It's my faith, it's my marriage, it's my kids. And then it's on down the line from there. Work is probably next in there. But if you looked at the way that I was allocating my time, it's completely flipped upside down, like 100%. So to, to the, your point about that quote, I think it's easy to hear that and say, oh, all right, I'm going to go out and do all these things. But I think the best version of ourselves is somebody who recognizes people always say, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I think that's yeah. very true. But I also hate that advice because I think it's an incomplete thought because it doesn't recognize the fact that there's other people around us. We are a part of someone else's average and we are a part of our kids average and a huge part of their average and our wives average. I think there's a lot of responsibility in that and being the best version of ourselves means showing up there first. And then from there you get, you you take care of your priorities in order. And then it's a whole lot easier to keep moving online.
0: It's amazing. It brings it in sharp relief when you're telling other people about it. You're right. Absolutely. Oh. I'm telling other people to do this. I should make sure I'm doing it, but it, it's amazing how many of us get our, this is what we say. And if you look at our life, this is how we align. And it's like, uh, one and one ain't making two right now. I just did a live stream not long ago about it's, You have to get your physical actions, your mental actions, your emotional, all that has to align to a purpose. So you don't really believe something or I'm trying to do something. Mm-hmm. So let me ask: You're 23 episodes in, is that right on your podcast? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Congratulations. <clears throat> you're, Thank you. Making milestones, right? <laughs> yeah. What is one recurring theme? Because you've been interviewing people that you say sets the tone for Dad, the man, or tries to, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What is one recurring theme you hear from all these men who are trying to live their best life?
1: What's funny, and I, I think this question. Normally, I would say probably would yield a pot like something positive, like a strength, mm-hmm. but and maybe this is a strength, but indirectly, things that come up the most is the weaknesses that we have, the things that we struggle with. That's a topic that gets talked about a lot. There's a lot of guys, I'll frame it this way we look up to people on social media, we look up to other, or we see other people, um, and we think, man, they're just they're killing it. But those people, like, if you ask them what they're struggling with and really listen, like they're usually like the longer they talk about it, the more kind of starts to unfold. And I've had a couple episodes where I could just toss that question out there. Is there anything that you're struggling with? And it turns into a really great conversation about mental health, about dealing with anxiety, about dealing with the fear of keeping up, like the whole keeping up with the Joneses, worrying about, I can't take my wife on this vacation that took his wife on. I can't, buy the same toys at christmas that I can for his kids, I can't if somebody else is driving a nicer car, I'm driving an old beat up truck, whatever it is. There's a lot of these comparison games that I think it's easy to slip into whether we know it or not, like consciously or, or subconsciously. And the strength in that I think is just recognizing that it's there and being aware of it to say, "Hey, I'm not going to compare myself to somebody else. I'm going to I'm going to show up and 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 be the best man, husband, father that I can." And understanding what's the most important part of that and that's what we were just talking about before keeping your priorities in order and another thing too I, I'll tack that on one of the questions that I like to ask on the show is I like to ask guys at the end about legacy and what they want their legacy to be and I frame the question the way imagine that you have the opportunity to you've grown up you've grown old your kids have grown up and you have the opportunity to leave them behind on earth what do you want your legacy to be with them what are the moments the memories the the little the the Whatever that is that they remember about their dad to live the rest of their life with. And a, the most of the guys that I asked that question to, they've got an answer. Like they're like, maybe it takes them a second to get talking, but then they're like, bang, this is the most important thing in my life. And there's a lot of power, I think, in having that clarity of what truly is the most important thing in life or the most important things and not losing sight of that and all the BS and the nonsense and the monotony and the busyness and the bills and the whatever it is, the ins and outs of life, just not losing, having clarity on what truly is the most important and sticking to that. So I would say that's probably the most, the biggest thing that I've been really impressed with, I think with a lot of our guests.
0: I think it's uh, you're doing something with your platform that's incredible because as men, we're not allowed to be faulty or fallible. We're not allowed to be weak or appear yeah. weak. So we're expected to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders all the time. And we can't look like we're missing a step. We can't look like we're falling down. At least that is, I want to say that's not, I want to say that perspective is changing in the world slightly where we're, Mm -hmm. I I do think we're slowly progressing into a good direction as far as uh, people are starting to go, Hey, this is unfair to expect dad to do all this, do all this and not be tired or not have stress and emotion. And I think mm-hmm. it's really an important conversation that you're having to get men to say, Hey, you know what? I'm struggling with this. This is difficult. I know most of us don't have, even when we're with a close friend, right? Mm-hmm. How often do you sit with your close friend and be like, ah, by the way, man, I'm just really, I'm burnt out and I'm just, my emotions are all over the place, and I'm stressed, and I just feel like I'm falling down. We don't do that as men. Mm-hmm. That, that's not in our nature.
1: Yep. It's tough to do it.
0: I was actually laughing. Do you Have you ever watched the show Last Man Standing with Tim Allen?
1: Uh, no, I haven't seen it.
0: It's been off the air for, I think, two or three years now, maybe two years. But did you ever watch his old show, uh, Home Improvement?
1: A little bit back in the day.
0: Okay, back in the day. How old are you? 30. Okay. A little bit younger than me. I'm I'm forty two, so I I got you by a little bit there. Last man standing is almost like a flip the script on home improvement. Mm -hmm. He's the marketing director and like vice president of basically Bass Pro or Cabela's, right? Mm -hmm. Outdoor man. And he has three daughters instead of three sons. And he comes home from doing all these catalog shoots all over the world and just like Figures out, I have been missing taking care of my daughters and being a part of their life. What, what is going on when I'm not here? Mm-hmm. And so he ends up staying home. But in the show, his father <laughs> passes away at one point, And he's dealing, struggling with his father passing, but he doesn't want to admit it. Mm-hmm. And he has a conversation with his dad's ghost. And his dad's ghost was like, it was different in my day. We weren't expected to talk about things like that. Our job was to go and make money and put a house o- roof over your head and make sure you had food. You're welcome. I did my job. It, it's a totally different world that you're raising your kids in. Cause he's like, you never told me you love me. Yeah, we didn't do that. We just, I'm looking at the generational changes in mm-hmm. men today. You talked about being there emotionally for your children and your wife. And that concept has changed throughout the years. We make fun of it on sitcoms and bad movies. But that wasn't the culture. If you go back two generations, right? Two generations. It was just that there's food on the table. There's a roof over your head. You got clothes on (laughs) say, thank you. Leave me alone. I'm going to go to work. I'm tired all the time. And that was the way men said, I love you" to their families. In fact, that's a lot of the way. A lot of us still say, I love you to our kids and our wife. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. This idea that. Men have never been allowed to talk about their emotions, or to Mm -hmm. experience their emotions. Even I'm a fan of stoicism to an extent, not not Mm -hmm. full blown. Yeah. I do think you should be able to control your emotions, not let them control you. Mm -hmm. I think that's maturity as well as you can call it stoicism, but I think that's maturity. Mm -hmm. But this whole, we never, we took that to a far extreme. Well, we can't ever show emotion. We, We can't even have emotions. Right. Yeah. It's the old thought of you know it says put one scoop in and I'll grow more muscle. I should just drink the whole container and I'll grow lots of muscle, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of taking well, there, a bite, I think we there's a big
1: poof. difference in there's a big difference in in like suppressing your emotion and then also being able to like acknowledge an emotion but not listen to it. Like I had a guest on my show, Will Grimes, and he said never let your emotion like your emotion should never get majority vote. Like they're gonna be there. That's okay. We can listen to them, mm-hmm. but we don't have to act on them. It's just, it, it, I think it's a nuanced point that you're making there, but it's important. Like it's really important because suppressing the emotion, which is, pro- I guess that's what's been happening for a lot of generations in the past, especially like that just leads to all kinds of problems to me. I don't know. I, I haven't had a whole lot of success suppressing big emotions and, you know, truly suppressing them and having any, anything good come from it. It's, it's like burying a bomb. Like to me, it's just something's going to come back. But to be able to just acknowledge an emotion and then maybe not act on it, maybe separate on it, maybe take a deep breath, maybe take a walk around the block, maybe do whatever, and then take your next step. I think that's a really important skill that should be encouraged.
0: I I 100% agree. So let me ask you this, because you and I seem to see eye to eye on a few things. If if we were going to go get drinks, what would we be drinking? Ooh.
1: Another good question. I would say probably like right now, if I'm going to have something probably like at a bar, probably a tequila soda.
0: What is your call. We can go to a bar. We can go get coffee. What will we be drinking?
1: Gotcha. <laughs> coffee is my most down <laughs> beverage. So <laughs> I'll tell you what, man, a good black coffee. There you go. A good black coffee or an Americano, something simple. That's that would be the move. Big fan of good coffee shop, good breakfast, that whole vibe, but also not shy to get out and Have a cocktail as
0: well. Yeah, no, nothing wrong with it. I just see those individual questions, right? We all have a lot more in common, like I said.
1: Yep. No doubt about it.
0: So guys, we've been getting to know Brennan so far. And in the second half of the show, we're going to get into the various states of man, manliness, why you should grow into the best version of yourself. We're going to roll our sponsors and we will be right back with more from Brennan. I'm calling on all men right now to stand up and stand against this horrific crime. It is estimated over 300,000 children are being sex trafficked in the United States alone every single day. I want you to get on your social media. I want you to follow savinginnocence.org or fightforme.net. Both of these charities are working to end child trafficking in the United States and abroad. You can donate at www.thefalwellman.com/shop and buy our Inhuman Trafficking merchandise and all proceeds will be Given indefinitely to savinginnocence.org. You can also go to www.savinginnocence.org slash donate and donate directly to Saving Innocence. Men, it is time for us to fight and stop this horrible thing known as human trafficking. All right, guys, welcome back. We're here with Brendan Wall of Dad the Man podcast discussing authentic masculinity as men, husbands, and fathers, and all things man because this is the Fallible Man podcast. Brendan, I got to ask. I'm going to butcher your name at least once and call you Brandon instead of Brennan. I'm sure
1: <laughs> everyone does it. It's all good. I won't even notice.
0: What purchase of a hundred dollars or less did you make in the last year that has had the biggest impact on your life?
1: Oh man, that's another really good question, man. I'm probably going to fire from the hip and give you something that's not that great, <laughs> but has helped a lot. So I'll give you one. We, so we cook a lot at our house. We got this like vegetable slicer thing. It's mm-hmm. got like a little plastic container at the bottom and it's got like the like a little blade. It's like a cross blade so you can set a vegetable on it and just smash the thing on top and it like shreds the vegetable into like perfectly, it's diced up. Um, as much as we cook, like that, each little pop of the hand like saves us five minutes of dicing up an onion and the cry the tears, whatever. I think it was like 20 bucks, but like we use it every single time we cook now. So I'll, I'll lazily throw that one out there, but Honestly, the more I'm talking about it, the more I'd really miss it if we uh, didn't have it anymore.
0: No, that is legit, man. I'm all for. I think all men should be able to cook. I think mm-hmm. that's a 100%. must. Not only just as a survival <laughs> skill, but if you want to be your healthiest self, you need to learn to cook. So hey. I, it, I say a hundred dollars or less, and you get a very. I've got a lot of books as answers too. Mm-hmm. Anything is fair. That sounds like it legitimately saves you time and makes your life easier. I'm all about that. That's. Efficiency yeah. things are huge. I love that.
1: Yeah, like anything, I can go spend twenty, thirty bucks and take friction out of my life. I'm like, hey, right? Amazon, <laughs> come on, bring it here in two days. Let's go.
0: Where do we live without Amazon? Right.
1: Oh man, I don't know.
0: Life before different world. So uh, you aim at the whole man on your podcast instead of niching in something else. I, I've been doing YouTube for a year and a half. I'm part of a mentorship program with Think Media and you always hear slogans like the richest are in the niches and niche down. I, I had a professional YouTube coach actually like critique my channel. One of the mm-hmm. biggest things he told me is you're not niche down enough. I was like, <laughs> but I don't want to lose the mission I'm on here. So why yep. did you could have just done something specifically on like raising sons or being a good mm-hmm. husband? Why the holistic approach? I don't really
1: think you can have one without the other. Like. To me, this is my worldview. Like, I don't think you can be a great, I don't think you can be a great, like for me, and I'm, I'm not going to say this for, for everybody, but I'm married and I have kids. So within that, like, it's not, I don't think it's fair or even possible for me to go be like, I'm going to be a great dad, but marriage doesn't matter. To me, it's so much more blended. And if you're a parent or you're married or both or whatever it is, you know how messy life can get. Like, blurred, like everything's a blurred line, right? There's no compartmentalization of life, especially within the family. So I really wanted to speak to all of it, right? Like I want guys to be inspired and fired up to go be the best husband that they can be for their wives. I want them to go have a conversation with their wife and really listen to what their wife wants and then be excited to serve her in that way. And I want in that, I want their kids to see their dad treating their mom that way. Like you can't, it, it, it all has to be interconnected to me. Yeah, the riches are in the niches for, for sure. There's no doubt that if that's the primary objective, like you could probably make, I could probably figure out a way to to monetize this thing faster or whatever it is. And I don't think there's anything wrong with just giving parenting advice or just giving marriage advice or just giving advice on being a strong, capable human. But to me, like in my context and in the story that I'm trying to to tell and the people I'm trying to speak to, I think it's just so blurred. It'd be a a huge disservice and probably really frustrating trying to pick it all apart. So that's how I landed on, you know what, man, we're, we're all in this together. It's messy. It's ugly. A lot of times, let's just blend it all up and let's serve people the most holistic way
0: we can. I've seen a lot of men's channels. For all of you listening, that's, that's air quotes for sure. Okay. I've yeah. seen a lot of men's channels that remind me of Little Rascals and, and it's the He-Man Woman Haters Club. You get involved with mm-hmm. them or it's like, okay, hey, let's see. Let's the idea of community, right? We were talking about mm-hmm. earlier and and they're just hating on women and mm-hmm. it, it drives me nuts. And in that search, as I was, before I launched my show, I came across the MGTOW movement. Have you heard of this?
1: I haven't heard
0: of it so the MGTOW movement it's initialized by MGTOW (laughs) MGTOW is men going their own way and it is a movement going we don't really need women they're only necessary really for one form of gratification we don't really need them and we have more to lose by being in a relationship at this point than we do by being to gain by being in one so (sighs) we're out man And this is actually like, this is a pretty big... Does that make any sense at all to you? I mean...
1: No, it it, it makes no sense. The groups, I know what you're talking about. You You see it on Facebook a lot, like little groups or little communities or whatever. And it's just... I think that having a buddy that you're close with, say you and I, we go out, we grab that cup of coffee. And I'm like, I'm in a position where I'm frustrated about something in my marriage. And in confidence between me and you, being a good friend, I vent for a second. And I'm like... Whew, all right, just got to get it off my chest. Okay, now what? What are we going to do to take ownership of whatever the dilemma is? But I think for those groups where it's just everybody's just basically bashing their wives and talking shit. It's just, it's a mess. Like, I think the inherent problem there is that they're not willing to take ownership of actually making progress within their own marriage. And to be as empathetic as I can, I also get that because I understand that can be hard sometimes. Like, it can be hard to be, try to be the bigger person in your marriage. If you're in a fight or if you're in a tough spot, or if you disagreed on something or whatever it is, I know it can be tough to go tuck your tail between your legs and say, you know what, babe, I love you. I'm sorry that we have this misunderstanding. What can we do next? That's tough to do, but that's the solution. But the groups like that, like, I think that's the inherent problem is It's a, and we were talking about masculinity before. I think that's just a massive lack of masculinity right there.
0: So guys, if you're getting something out of this, be sure to click that like button. Leave us a comment on whatever platform you're on. Do all the good social media nonsense that you know. I hate advertising on my show and check out Brennan on his channel. But let's keep going because I hate the social media nonsense. Brennan, what is the most important thing you want to share with fathers right now?
1: Man, that's again, you got a lot of good questions, man. So I would say, I would say, so I've had this realization recently, like as a father, as a parent in general if it's, it's on us. So I'm going to, I'm going to start this answer with this. It's on us. Like it's on us to teach our kids what we want them to know, what we think is the most important thing to, to us. We need to teach that to them. And there's a big difference. And I had to make, I had to learn this as my son started getting a little bit older, you grow out of the babysitting phase and then you're a real parent, right? I think it's it would be easy for a lot of people, maybe almost slip back into that sometimes. Hey, kids are at school. Hey, kids are watching TV. Hey, kids are on their iPad. Hey, kids are whatever it is. I think it's an important thing to understand the fact that if you are not the one raising your child at that moment, something else is. And I don't say that to be like the fearmonger scared trying to say you should be a helicopter parent. That's not what I'm saying, but it's just the reality that. It's it's on us to step up. So I think it's easy to like I was saying, it's easy to just put a kid down in front of the television. And I think we probably all dealt with screen time going through COVID and the whole thing. But there's a big there's just a it's a big I'm not gonna say it's a burden, it's a huge blessing to have the opportunity to raise our kids and it's on us to step up and teach them what's the most important. And then as a part of doing that, like that may sound good, but the only way I believe to truly teach our kids is to be the example of what we want them to know. So Like I get, I catch myself with this all the time. I'll be yelling at my son, telling him not to yell, and I'm like, "What? There's a reason he's yelling, and it's because I'm exemplifying bad behavior. I'm the example of what he is going to." ultimately model. And I think that's very important for us to to recognize as men with, with sons, we are the model for what masculinity looks like for our boys and for our girls. It's the same thing. We're the model of masculinity and what they will probably look for in a mate somewhere down the line. And again, that's a huge responsibility, but it's a huge opportunity. And if you can turn into that and have fun with that and not be scared by it, and also just give yourself a little bit of grace and keep working hard at it and trying to do better relative to who you were yesterday after day and just try to keep moving in the right direction, man, that's the probably the one huge takeaway is just don't let the opportunity go by to be present with your kids and really do, do everything that you can to be with them spend time with them, love them, earn their trust, raise them the, to be the people you want them to be. Cause that time is going to go by. And once that one gets water under the bridge, man, once it's gone.
0: I want everybody listening. Okay. All the dads and fathers listening. All of you who let, let's have a moment of honesty, who has seen their kids do something and you couldn't help but laugh because you took one look and went, yep, that's me. Oh. You, couldn't, you couldn't even be <clears throat> angry at the moment because you're like, Wow, that's totally me coming out right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I have those moments with my daughters and it just cracks me up. It's like, they are their our father's kids, our children. Kids
1: tell on us without saying a thing,
0: man. Right? I'm telling you. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. It's
0: really bad when you get them with like your parents or your friends. Mm. And, and your parents look at you and like, yep, it's your child.
1: I have heard that oh. before. Yes, 100%, man.
0: My mom lives with us. My father passed this last year and my mom lives with us Sorry. now. And every now and then I, I get that look from my mom. She's like, mm-hmm, your daughters. I tried to marry a woman who would balance me out. It just
1: I'll tell you what though, man, and that though, it's tough because I've gotten stuck myself in the trap. I feel like I'm just painting myself out to be a terrible dad. I hope I'm not too bad, but I do try to learn from my mistakes. But like you can, you, you can hear that and just be like, man, okay, I've clearly been doing something like not that great. And I think the <laughs> like you have to acknowledge that. And it's, there's a fine line there, but I think it's easy to say, maybe I'll make an excuse to keep doing it, or maybe I'll give myself the the grace to really acknowledge that I've made a mistake and actually make a change going forward and not just give yourself that grace. Don't beat yourself up, but do try to do a little bit better the next time. So like we could really, I think we could really learn a lot. It sounds cheesy. You've probably seen it like sewn on a throw pillow somewhere, but like being the, trying to be the hero that your kid thinks that you are like. Man, be a good person, like work hard, be focused. It's all these things like be good to people, like try to be that person. That's what I'm trying to be. I know I'm falling short every day in different ways, but I'm definitely trying.
0: I actually sell a shirt that says, cause I have merchandise on my website. I sell a shirt that says men be, live your life in such a way that your sons want to be you and your daughters will accept nothing less than you. Because Gold. my goal as a father, right? To me, it's like that personal challenge. I was actually excited about this part of fatherhood. I want to set the bar so stupidly high that my daughters can't help but marry a good man because they're going to be like, no, no, can't take that one home. No. I I just want to, I want to be Superman because I want to set that bar just so high that they have no option but to marry a good man someday.
1: Yeah, that's that's a powerful framework in your head, right? That's what I think having that something like that, like something meaningful that you're really holding. You're not just parenting your kid. You're not just disciplining your kid. You're not just getting on your kids again. Like it's not, that's not what it is. It's really, I really trying to be the best parent that I can for my kids. Like for, like it, it, when you attach it to that, I think it adds a whole lot of power. Live, as parents, monotony can be real. It, it can be real, especially with COVID and quarantine, like all the time sitting in the house, like, god monotony can be real So i think having that big purpose like that big vision purpose of really trying to be the best parent that you possibly can for your kids because like you were just saying like for your daughters like you're going to be setting that bar right like that that'll pull you out of the monotony real quick
0: and the example you set the way the example you set for your sons with how you treat your wife man that sets the stage for their life it's huge mm-hmm so let me 100%. move into, since I just have a wife, Hey, good segue on my own. Totally an <laughs> <Nice>. accident. <laughs> marriage has been on the decline for years, right? The the numbers are terrifying at this point. What do you want to share with husbands?
1: Man, I think the marriage is the most important thing in your, fa- like in your family, I think the, if, I think a mistake that is easily made is to say, I want to be the best dad that I can, so I'm going to go be the best dad that I can first. And I think that's a disservice, and I think that's almost like painting the windows before building the foundation. That's the way that I see it, and that comes from my faith. But it's—I've lived it out too. In the times where I'm all about the kids, I'm all about the kids, and the marriage slips. The marriage slips, and if your marriage starts to slip, that sucks. If you're not like grooving and good with your wife, like life can be a lot more difficult. Everything is a lot more different when we got married we did uh premarital counseling with with the pastor at the church where we got married and one of the things that he encouraged us to just agree upon right off the bat he gave us two pieces of advice that we have we deployed in our marriage and it's remarkable how big of a a difference these two pieces of advice have made for us And, and number one was don't keep score it's not hey i did the dishes so you take out the trash or, hey, I got to go see my friend, so now I'm for sure out of here. There's no, like, I did you a favor, so I got a credit to do something. Forget it. Just instead of that, just, like, turning your heart towards each other and really trying to serve each other and not thinking, what can I get out of the marriage? Not Ask not what I can get from the marriage, but what my marriage, whatever the point <laughs> is, I'm going to find that. But I think you get the parallel and go for. I'm tripping over my words at this point. But that's a huge one. And then, two, he said just uh, erase divorce from your vocabulary don't ever use it, don't threaten it, don't consider it. It's not an option, it's not on the table. And both of us have this agreement where that's never been thrown in the other's face, it's never been brought up, it's never been tempted. And that the trust that we've been able to build Knowing that we each other have, no matter what, like, I'm not saying that it's always easy. Of course, we fight about things. We, we disagree on things. We we make big decisions together. We're raising kids together. There's a lot of opportunities for friction. But just knowing that at the end of the day, that's not going to be on the table. We are going to serve each other first and we are going to prioritize each other. It's, it makes all the difference Um in the world. And it's those two pieces of advice. Just don't keep score and eliminate divorce from your vocabulary. Those, It was the best advice that was passed along to me. So I will gladly pass that along to anyone else who's willing to listen to it.
0: You said you've been married for six years, six years, six years. Congratulations. Thank you're, you. You're past the immediate danger zone. My <laughs> wife and I have been married for 21 years. And 21. I, yeah, Congratulations. I will tell you, Very factually from our marriage, that second one where divorce is just not even an option has saved our marriage in the 20 years of marriage. There were definitely times where, you know, it, we both made mistakes and I've made stupid mistakes and we, our marriage could have ended in flames. The fact that both of us were raised with divorce is not an option. Saved our marriage in the difficult times. Because it was never a discussion. It was, okay, this is all hacked up. So what do we do from here? It was Mm -hmm. always find a solution. It was never, I guess it's over. Now it was always like, where do we go from here? Because we don't have any option but forward at this point. So that was some great advice. Hold that one tight in your marriage. There's a lot of value to that. I've
1: been holding it tight so far. So I'll definitely keep that one rolling. Very quickly. There's a, there's a, yeah, sorry, sorry, go ahead.
0: Go ahead. I was
1: just going to say, there was another piece of advice um, that kind of in the same vein that was given on my show, I interviewed uh, Bert Soren, uh, president of X Equipment Company. And he talked about one of the things that an agreement that he has with his wife is they both say to each other, and they've done this their whole marriage, and it's know my heart. And that's in the same vein of what we're talking about. But it's know my intention towards you. If I mess up, if I do something that that like upsets you, at the end of the day, I did not do it to hurt you. Like it, it would if I did something wrong, it was an accident and you need to tell me, or I might not even know, and you definitely need to come tell me. Know my heart. That I've thought about that a lot. Just understanding that you and, and agreeing together that you both have good intentions towards each other and just leaning into that and being and just and really giving not just asking for that but also giving your spouse grace too. So if she, if you know, she messes up, she pisses you off, does whatever, like under, you can say, Hey, that upset me a little bit. I understand that you weren't trying to hurt me. All good. Then you can, that's a totally different conversation than coming in the slamming the door, busting in and yelling. Cause that we all know that's not going anywhere.
0: I think one of the most important things you can do as a husband for your wife to be happy. Personal opinion is you have to leave no room for doubt that your wife absolutely believes that every choice you make is always for the best intention of your marriage and your family.
1: Amen. That's huge.
0: That, that can, if if that's never a question <laughs> in her mind, then it's amazing what you can work through, right? Because we all have momentary. You have years ahead of you of coming home <laughs> and wondering what you did wrong.
1: <laughs> uh huh. Yep.
0: Uh, because we're men and we'll find a way. It's just, we don't communicate the same way our our wives do. (laughs) Leaving no room for doubt in your spouse's mind, that is your priority. And that is everything you were working on. Buys you a lot of grace for those momentary stupid.
1: Yeah. And that's what, like what we've been talking about this whole time, like really showing up and and being the best man husband father you can be. Like that right there, that's what you're talking about. That's earned too, right? Like leaving that no doubt. That's something that I think as men, we always want to like, Work towards something like we love a goal. We love to set our our sights on something and go chase it. That's a real goal. Is to literally leave no doubt in the in in the, you know the, the the minds and the hearts of our wives to, that they know we're doing the right thing by them a hundred percent. Like that to me, that's a real goal, a tangible something that you can you could reverse engineer an action that you're going to do to try to show up in that way as best as possible.
0: Real quick, what's three steps that men can take starting today, right now? to move in as positive direction as a man.
1: That's a hundred percent. The most important thing I would say right off the bat, just to me, when you think long-term, like the idea is, is that we're going to be around here for a little while, assuming nothing bad happens, whatever. And a lot of guys just say they don't want, they don't care about their health. They don't care about looking good at the beach, the pool, like whatever. That's not the point anyway. If, if that can't get you fired up in any way, shape or form, just think about it as not being a liability for your family later on down the line. I think that's a huge point. And that's something that you can start working on today. You don't have to have, have the perfect workout plan. Just go for a damn walk, drink a gallon of water today, eat the foods that your mom told you to eat when you were little. Like I guarantee you, it's probably better than what you're eating now. So I would say take care of your health. For me, my faith is is incredibly important. I said health was the most important, but my faith is the most important thing. And that's something I'm trying to be more intentional with in my life, dedicating the first few minutes of my day to that every single day in the last few minutes as well. So I would say my faith or, or turn your heart to God, I would say hundred percent and then focus on your health. And then number three, I think it's figuring out what the outlet for your stress is. And this one's a little bit deep, <clears throat> maybe a little bit hairy. But for me, I I realized in the long story that I told about who I was and how I got to the podcast that the outlet for the stress I felt as a young dad, as a young husband, as someone who's trying to provide for the family and just really get started in my career, trying to make some money, trying to get life figured out, figure out who I was as a human. There's a lot of there's a lot of residual stress that can build with that if you don't have an outlet. And there's always going to be an outlet for me. Work actually became my outlet. So I kept saying, I'm doing this for my family. But at the end of the day, that was coming at their expense. So I was saying, Hey, I'm doing this for my family. Like it turned out to be BS. It was coming at their expense. So I think figuring out what the outlet is for your stress, whether it's work, whether it's alcohol, whether it's another bad habit, whatever it may be. And trying to maybe re-engineer that or re, you know, point, steer that towards, maybe steer that towards getting your health in order. Maybe that's where, maybe that's the the fuel or the fire that you need to hop in the gym every other day or go for a walk at lunch or whatever it may be. So I'd say three things that men can go do is get your faith, get your health, and then figure out where your stress is going and make sure you're putting it where it needs to be going.
0: What's next for Brennan Wall?
1: For me, man, it is just continuing to try to show up to be the best husband and father that I can be and, uh, try to help other people do the same. So my, my outlet for that, like you mentioned is the podcast, dad, the man, and we're trying to bring on some entertaining people and have some conversations that you might not hear them have on other shows, similar to what you're doing. Um, Dude, I'm so pumped to have had this conversation with you. Knowing that I've got somebody here, I know, like, we're trying to help people in a lot of the same ways. You are doing an incredible job with this show. Man, I would, just while I'm rambling, I'm going to encourage you to keep taking this, with this show, keep pushing it. I know, like, I've been been podcasting now for a little while. I know it can be challenging at times. It can be (laughs) difficult at times. But man, I'm going to tell you, you've got a big purpose here. And I know you've got a big vision. There's a lot of people that I know that you have helped so far and that you haven't helped yet. So I'm going to just encourage you to keep pushing this, this show on down the line and continuing to help people.
0: Where can people find you?
1: You can find me on Instagram. You can it's at dad. man. You can find me on TikTok. It's the same thing. That's the thing I'm pushing now a little bit, which is crazy. I feel very out of place on TikTok. Going for it. And then I think where you, you'll find the most value for me will just be on on the podcast. You can find it anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Any of the the big ones. If they, if you do find if you do have a Someplace you listen to podcasts and you can't find a show, let me know and I'll add it. But I think I've added them all at this point, but it, it's a dad, the man, and there's a picture of me on the cover. So you'll know what to be looking for.
0: I, I'm on TikTok and trust me, I, I feel out of place on TikTok. Not just me. Dude, I, I have nine social media platforms I am on. And it is nine. A nightmare. So Dude, I don't even
1: think I can name nine. Let, let
0: me encourage you. Don't do that. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it will just spin you thin. Brennan, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you taking the time to be here today. Guys, as always, be better tomorrow because of what you do today, and we'll see you in the next one. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast. Your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.